2: Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. Scott is still on his luxurious month-long vacation, so I'm joined by the talented Baratunde Thurston, who was on the show Monday, and I'm thrilled that he's back again today. Baratunde is a writer, activist, comedian, host of the new podcast, How to Citizen, with Baratunde launching this week. Welcome back to the show.
3: Thank you for having me back, Kara, it's yeah, so you were nice to work with you. I had a lot of fun looking forward yeah. to doing it again. Um, and, you know, Scott doesn't want to come back. You know, we can work something out. We can just work something I out. I know,
2: you know something? <laughs> I'm feeling like a real chemistry here that I don't have with Scott, which is, you know, you're not offensive. <laughs> you're not offensive. <laughs> is, is that the bar
3: you have for chemistry? <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: you know, I don't know what to say. Um, he's actually a little bit nervous. He's. He, I think he's a little bit more, most nervous of all the many great guest hosts I've had. I think he's like He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Well, the, here, you know here's what I mean? the thing
3: uh, about Scott, <laughs> given his background, he, he will appreciate yeah. uh, having more diversity in the marketplace, more competition oh, right. to hone his <laughs> skills so he comes back better, faster, stronger. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a. He-
2: walking font of yeah, diversity none, none right, of us is, is the big dog so no <laughs> nothing i guess I spoke. anyway uh i'll be happy to have him back but i see him every week in this pivot live we did an interview with google ceo uh alphabet ceo uh sunarpa and then tim Wu, who's the columbia university professor on antitrust. it was really interesting um but let's talk about the topics this week there's so much going on rnc recap i mean i what please. Um, I mean,
3: yeah. So
2: I turned it off last night. I was like, I can't deal it was, with it. It was
3: painful. I think um, I, I hope that Kimberly Guilfoyle takes advantage of the other great feature of the state of California, mm-hmm. which is legal access to marijuana. She uh, yeah. just needs to bring it down several notches. Yeah. go on a retreat, do some deep breathing, some meditation
2: yeah. and like breathe a into lot. this a anger
3: that's going on. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, I met her when she was married to Gavin Newsom, who was the governor yeah. of California. Who was, was having a really learned hard that time this right now. by
3: the way. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: It was she was calmer, but she was intense. That yeah. she was really quite intense. then. but it's really taken. It was that was the weirdest speech, and I, you know, I don't like to focus on what's really interesting. Is I don't like to focus on gender, but the women in particular have seemed particularly like um, I don't know. It's just I, I don't know. Yeah. It's really it's really quite. Um, Unusual, and and but the whole group of them, there's sort of like there's this sort of tone throughout it. It's very Hunger Games. The, the music and everything else is very like. And now we will bring out the 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 this and the the aggressive shows of diversity. I don't know how to put it's, it. Well, like, so
3: he, here's how here's how I see it. I thought about right. this um, in a fever dream. Uh, so okay. bear with me. But I, I remember as a kid, we always had animals in the house. We had dogs and cats, mm-hmm. and those animals would sometimes get sick. And they would poop or vomit on the floor, and we'd use newspaper mm-hmm. to cover it up. Right. And the RNC this week felt like the newspaper that we used to cover up the excrement yeah. left by these animals. Yeah. And and there's some there's some true information yeah. in those newspapers. Right. You can learn something from it. It's not all lies, mm-hmm. but the larger picture is your room is covered in excrement. Right, right? And I think there's been a distraction this week when people say things like law and order, where they feel free to just criticize entire swaths of the country that live in cities. And we right. don't do that, right? We're not allowed to right. do that in reverse. And, and instead, we're not going to acknowledge the kidnapping of children, the selling out of mm-hmm. our troops overseas to Vladimir Putin. And so we're going to wrap ourselves in a flag but it's covered in excrement uh, uh-huh. and i think we're just we're, they they allowed uh, themselves to focus on the small bits of truth in a really disgusting scene that they have allowed you, to uh let me all ask you the harder question nasty. i mean
2: it's, it's is it effective like yeah. like it, like they they the the, the the amount of lying was really quite astonishing just bold it, it was, was bold. a choice it was, it was bold. An interesting there should be choice.
3: A, an emmy for that yeah um, i don't know if it's effective we'll find out in november if it's effective I suspect um, that it works for people who are already there, uh, who are already with them. I I want that to be true. And I know that self-identified Republicans Mm -hmm. as a group Mm -hmm. are shrinking relative to other independent and Democratic Party affiliation. So I hope we were looking into a small cult rather than a truly effective sales pitch. Well, it's, it's interesting. Pitch. The uses. And, and it's very, um,
2: uh, it's very uh, autocratic in a way that that is Amer- an American autocracy. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? It was really, it was a really, yeah. you know, it's got it's it was sort of stuck in the eighties. I thought the Melania Trump in uh, whatever it was, was speech was really particularly disturbing with the with the militaristic outfit. I know she, she's very careful about it. I don't like to focus on women's clothes, but she's very mm-hmm. particular about what she picks, what she wears. And there she was messaging a lot through her clothes. And then the walk down the colonite, and I realized they took down those... Um, trees so she could do a catwalk down it. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the visual, it was for the yeah. visual. And and I was like, huh. And in some ways I was like, wow, that's a, that's a commitment. You know what I mean? At the same time, it was
3: horrifying. Well, all they have is the personality. You know, if, right. if you think about past conventions, they're platforms for up and coming candidates yeah. to make their pitch. Right. There was one, I think, Republican senator contested mm-hmm. on stage this week, Joni Ernst, everybody else. Right they decided it was to their advantage to not be there. And so all you're left with is the Trump kids Mm -hmm. and and people who owe this man favors. Like, yes, Donald Trump did a great thing for Mm Kaylee McEnany and looked after her pre-existing condition, but that pales in comparison to trying to strip the health insurance for millions well, of people who might have pre-existing conditions like, by canceling Obamacare. like, care. he called
2: yeah. me. I'm like, that's what people do. Your boss does when you have breath. Yeah. so I was like, he, he, he actually called me and I was like, um, low bar, low bar on the cancer thing. <laughs> he and pa- i pays you to lie for him. I mean, like, it was, it was fascinating. Yeah. That was, he, he was, like, yeah. or he was surprisingly nice. You know what I mean? Unlike it reminds me of when we interviewed Rupert Murdoch at co at one of our all things mm. D's and I said this to myself and then I had to catch myself. I was like, he was, he was quite, someone was like, he was kind of avuncular, you know? And I was like, don't be fooled. Like I'm, I, he was, he was, he's really charming and pleasant in person. And I was like, it doesn't, what he does is what's more important. And the, the avuncular niceness was sort of yeah, like, it was distracting from what the real thing. And let me just ask you, you know, one of the things, my mom, who's a big Fox news watcher, as everybody knows, um, she was immediately drawn to um tim scott which yeah. i was sort of he's like he's okay he's very reasonable he's this and that. and i was like wow that worked you know what i mean it was really interesting mm-hmm. like the mixing in of reasonable seeming republicans with the others was and, a really fascinating
3: trick and and my fiance pointed out you know they seemed very specifically savvy about mm-hmm. painting the picture of people from wisconsin and some of these swing areas mm-hmm. the the only places that will matter given the way we sort of do democracy in America so the flood of information that we talked about in the previous episode works because we're overwhelmed and so it's just the most recent data is the relevant yeah. one and i think the the upside to that for clarity at least not for the health of our democracy is we will forget this entire week yeah. in a week yeah, i agree and that whatever front this dude has put on he will undermine on Twitter in the next week. That's what I was thinking. Five, four, yeah. And three, speaking of which, two. there's other news.
2: There's the the, 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 the hurricane, which looks yeah. like it's not as serious as they thought it would be. But and then the NBA teams halting their season in protest of police brutality and the Jacob Blake yeah. shooting. I think that's gonna be what people will I hate to say it really care about, like this kind of thing, is they're not getting their basketball. They're not getting, you know, this is where and then his reaction to it, which I think will be, probably be bad.
3: There, there's also a, such. There's a mean-spirited and um, othering that happened at the RNC that I want to take a second to reflect mm-hmm. on. Which is, it's it's very popular to just dump on cities mm-hmm. and Mots. blame it Mots. on the Democrats uh, and say it's needles and crime and drugs and riots, and looting. that's objectively not true. But I think you know if we did this in reverse. And said, well, let's do a sorting function on uh, Republican leadership and COVID and count the deaths. If we did this in reverse and talked about opioid addiction or unemployment or the net drain Mm -hmm. on the federal coffers from some of the poorer states and counties in our country, they're led by a certain party with a certain uh, political ideology. The Democrats did not do that during their convention. They featured rural people and talked a lot about Jesus and tried to mm-hmm. open the door. And the Republicans expressed disrespect and contempt yeah, yeah. for more than half the country, you know, from, a, from many different perspectives. And so it was a small convention. Made for a small group of extremists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was
2: interesting. The, this idea of rioting. You know, someone today I was engaged. Someone I think it was probably a Russian bot, <laughs> but um, it, they were like, "Oh, you know, they're not. Nobody's writing about the crimes. Uh, you know, the crimes going up in New York." And I literally just googled "news crime yeah. you know, murder New York," and it, there was like hundreds of articles. And I go, "It's called <laughs> Google. It's of course it was covered. You imbecile! <laughs> like it. It was just. It was. They was like crickets. I'm like crickets. What does it bring you? Some level of,
3: of like, joy to in. Engage with questionably no, human because, avatars.
2: No, I, it's a disease. Do you need I have, to do
3: this? Is this
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of things that actually are working in a weird way, and a not a good way, is we're going to get on to big stories. TikTok CEO Kevin Mayer has unexpectedly stepped down from the uh, role at the company that he took four months ago. Uh, in a memo to employees, Mayer said the changes on the app and pressures from the Trump administration prompted him to leave. Mayor had said a big draw of the company was its global nature. He was a trusted executive at Disney prior to joining TikTok was in line to one of the CEO possible choices. He did not get that job, but he was right at the top of Disney earlier this week, TikTok sued the federal government for Trump's executive order and banning the app in the U S. So, you know, this is interesting. So, uh, you know, we interviewed, uh, Vanessa Pappas, who is a former Google executive who's running the U S who's now taken over for him. Um, what what is this working? Is this idea of sort of ruining TikTok, which I think Mark Zuckerberg it's his favorite thing to have happen? Um, is it working? This
3: is something where Zuckerberg and the president are are aligned. And I just wanna give <laughs> kudos to Sarah Cooper. Clearly she's gotten through, and this is all an attempt <laughs> to shut down her very oh, effective oh, mockery oh. of our president on that platform. Wow, you're gonna talk about g- going for censorship. Um I, I think I'm from, I'm on the outside of this. I don't know a ton of TikTok insiders. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big TikToker myself, but it looks to me like this man stepping down makes sense. He didn't sign up for mm-hmm. this. And it's a flash of both realistic threats to his business and his power mm-hmm. and also a bit of fear that this pseudo-authoritarian way of going about it, he's kind of read the coverage. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this isn't going to end mm-hmm. well. Um, so I think... As much as there is legitimacy to challenging and questioning how Chinese companies and the Chinese government enter various markets and don't allow the reverse, I think this just looks like intimidation and very political Mm -hmm. in how it was pulled off. And there's a counter lawsuit, but I think for, for this person who probably has other executive and high compensating options out there.
1: It's a big headache.
3: Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a very You know, he was going
2: to be a billionaire. They were going to take this company public. Um, and yeah. this was his big shot to run like a very big company. And so... Uh, you know, I, it's obviously going to be sold. The, the rush sale is ridiculous. I, that's why the lawsuit is here. So it delays everything that Trump has been trying to do, which is Russia deal, which is kind of ridiculous on so many levels because it's a very... Di- oh,
3: that's funny. That was a turn of phrase. I thought you said Russia <laughs>
2: <deal>. <laughs> No, it's a China deal. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah. Russia's in there always. Um, but they. Uh, <laughs> it, it, this deal is a very, you know, I've talked to a lot of security people. It, in doing this, it's a very difficult to, to, shift the platform, even a company like Microsoft, uh, who is the, one of the lead uh, possible purchasers for this right. it, and didn't really want to buy it at first. They wanted to make an investment in it. Um, and then the presumably it was going to go public, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, sort of similar to the way, um, Facebook did. Cause Microsoft had a, took a big investment very soon after went public, uh, which is, I think what Kevin Mayer was hoping for. Um, You know, slowing this whole thing down till after the election, I think, is the goal. And then, presumably, uh, Trump will back off on the Chinese stuff. You know, a lot of it, this whole idea of China, which was another thing at the convention, was that this was a China virus. They're trying Mm -hmm. to get us the threats of China. Uh, That's Peter Navarro, who is, I think, one of the most particularly trade
3: representative. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever.
2: (laughs) He's, you know, he's a chucklehead really. And, and inaccurate almost completely on lots of stuff, but he seems to have the ear of the president and um, you know, it just keeps continuing this. And so it's basically wrecked a business that had so much promise and we'll see how it affects the company itself, but it can't help but do that. Um, And that's, I think the goal here. And I think delaying it and slowing it down is the smart move. Is is there something
3: when you talk to more CEOs than I do, and mm-hmm. is does the fear and concern about an unstable business environment extend beyond uh, a Chinese-owned tech company? Does it make them all nervous that a weaponized U.S. regulatory environment by a mercurial president could be coming mm-hmm. for them next?
2: Well, no, because, you know, he started off by doing all those tweets like he just didn't want a good year. And they, they at first they were very nervous. Yeah. And now they're like, eh you know what I mean? It didn't really have an effect. In this case, he's got a, if you're owned by China, yes, you have a president has enormous uh, power around national security. If he declares national security, most of these things are not that. So he can't, he doesn't have most of his things, like his executive order on two thirty and some other things, they're just toothless. They're, they're, you know, a lot of like, I'm going to build the wall. And then he just does Does it. it, uh, The other
3: thing I want to know is, does anybody have a heads up on the tweet so that they can make money off of them? cuz he does yes, I mean, the short that's term move the market and that's he,
2: sort of it's not moving as it did at the beginning of his administration everyone's on to him essentially mm-hmm. it's like, these are tricks that they use but like the same he does the same thing over and over again and so i think one one person was who i talked to was worried about what if he if he wins the autocratic nature will he start to go after sort of reward people that he is close with and hurt people that are are sort of anti-Trump. And a good example here is, is Oracle suddenly entering the picture, the least likely company to be here. I don't care what they say. They're incompetent to the task, um, to do this. And and they're a stalking horse obviously. And they've been brought in by some of the, um, some of the other owners, which are U S venture firms, two of which are close to the Trump administration. Um, and, uh, or people who work there uh, are particularly close. And so they've been brought in as a pal of Trump's to make it, make the price go up and possibly force Microsoft into giving a vig to the U S government, which is just unprecedented. Um, And, and I think that's what it is. And then you, you, the person you focus in on obviously is Jeff Bezos, Mm -hmm. who is, so he's lost it. He's lost it. He's in court about it. The defense department uh, award, uh, that was very right, which large ones microsoft, and that's right? a really important yeah. business for Amazon to go into you know they've got to, they have to get bigger because they're so big they're to government contracting the way Elon Musk has a way a lot of these companies have microsoft and so it's really um it's a real fine line because he can hurt them in things like that and that's you know, Jeff's lucky yeah. because he's got a business everybody loves. So I'm at him easily, but the postal service is one way to do it. Um, there's all kinds of ways. It just doesn't work very well. You know, it's real hard to take down. And, and if I had was a betting person, I'd bet on Jeff Bezos and not Donald Trump. Jeff Bezos follows through with things. He's, he's, he's a vicious
3: competitor. So long as it remains one man, as opposed to an entire infrastructure mm-hmm. of media and politics. Uh, if you look at You can tear down the reputation and reduce trust in institutions broadly, Mm -hmm. and I think that's part of what the attempt with the president and the Postal Service is, let's reduce confidence in this thing that everybody loves. And so if he can point that at particular businesses um, over time consistently and he stays in power, then I think there might be a greater risk of oh, I guess I'm not supposed to trust this thing because the president told me not to and Fox News told me not to and the senator who seems like a really nice, Mm -hmm. you know, ball-headed, articulate black guy told me not to too because he co-signed on it. He seems nice. I think he's
2: got, (laughs) I think he, picking a fight with Jeff Bezos is not one I would do. I mean, it's interesting because when they were, you know, when his his sex came out, you see how he hit back hard. He just said, yeah, here they are. You know what I mean? And so he's a very different, he's, um,
3: He's tough. I wouldn't cross yes. him, and I
2: think, and he's highly competent as opposed to the president. And so it'll be interesting to see yeah. if he he would be Amazon would be the company they're also uh, looking investigating Google and not Facebook. FTC is investing in Facebook, but that's been uh, slow rolled uh, the Facebook investigations, and they are have the most exposure in terms of emails and other proof that they've been trying to shut down competition. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see, and I think in a Biden administration, mostly they'll be hands off uh, for tech, so that that, that would be their. A Biden administration, even though Facebook is advantage in this, is probably better for everybody because they'll not do anything.
3: I don't think a Biden administration would do nothing. I think there's too much pressure on the left yes, and the yeah. right to deregulate, to, I'm sorry, to yeah. regulate and break up these companies uh, to some degree. And he probably yeah. had a handshake deal with Elizabeth Warren, which is like, I'm mm-hmm. going to copy and paste some of your plans and get this done. Uh, but he, he won't be wildly yeah. whimsically interpersonally savage about it. Uh, And there'll be a thing called a process. He's talked about removing 230.
2: I don't think he knows, uh, Biden knows what he's talking about, but certainly Elizabeth Warren is head of the FTC, which is what my prediction was. All right, Baratunde, let's go on a quick break and come back to talk about Palantir and its IPO and a listener mail question.
1: Startups, you don't need to settle for a cumbersome banking experience to protect your money.
0: And we are back.
2: Controversial data mining company, Palantir, filed to go public this week. A lot of companies did. A lot of tech companies did. Uh, Palantir works with governments and law enforcement to analyze and process their data and has had several contracts with the U.S. government, including with ICE. Uh, A reminder, Peter Thiel, one of the company's founders, is a Donald Trump campaign donor and supporter. In a letter to investors, CEO Alex Karp threw some serious shade at other Silicon Valley companies without naming names, he wrote, The engineering elite of Silicon Valley may know more about building software, but they do not know more about how society should be organized or what justice requires. Our company was founded in Silicon Valley, but we share fewer and fewer of technologies Values and commitments. Is that a dog whistle? The company had a valuation of 20 billion, expected to be the biggest IPO since Uber until Airbnb goes public. That is. Um, so, so here we are. Speaking of that topic, yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> hands up uh, for the yeah. S1 filings and just the the potential to stir the pot with that. That is some very expensive uh, grade mm-hmm. A trolling going on there. And whether I agree with the statements or not, I just got to give credit. That yeah. was, that was sharp. I like that. I like the use of a regulatory filing no, to throw shade at people. one's, uh, you know,
2: in the, in the filing, <laughs> the letter adds, the company won't be working with China. You know, it's just, it's really, it's really it, the, the politicization of politicization of this stuff is really, you know, of an S one. It's just, I just don't even get it. I just don't, I, I don't know what the point is. I don't know what the goal is. It, it's, it's, again, it's a dog whistle to the Trump people. Um,
3: yeah, I think that they're they're yeah. seeking favor. Yeah. They're currying favor with the would-be autocrat and like mm-hmm. you said signaling we're on your team. We stand with you. We co-sign on the things you do. And we're going to start calling people enemies without quite saying that word, but they're other, they're yeah. not What's one interesting
2: of is sort of the idea of how, how much these companies need to work with the government. And they do, because, you know, you look at the the numbers for Google or Amazon or Microsoft or any of them, or, or Apple even. Now, Apple does not work with the government, uh, in fact, has been at cross purposes with the government many times. Um, but th- they need to move into government work. They really do, because that's where the big money is. You know, Elon Musk just broke the defense contractors. Uh, stranglehold by getting a huge, uh, a huge uh, contract, uh, which I think he probably had a lot of pushback from defense contractors. I'm guessing, although he's been somewhat favorable to the Trump administration, it's not clear sometimes what he's doing. But you know, this idea, you know, <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is the under, understatement of the decade. It's not clear sometimes yeah, what but Elon's it's not doing. <laughs> clear, it's
2: not clear. Right? You you never yeah. know what he could come out with at any time. But um, he's a complex person, I would say. Um, what this idea that you have to be this political when and, bef- and then you have to move in especially when employees are such as google for example had pushed the company away from this kind of stuff uh, amazon some amazon uh, amazon's very deep into some of this stuff with recognition uh, and some other things and all of them are very and with ice uh, you know salesforce t- got dragged into that w- when you're a company now when you have these issues around ice or uh drones or whatever or, or whatever it is what do you do what do you, how does it what how does it look do you have to signal on the other side where the people that won't spy on you know protesters or
3: i, I think it's worth a pause to understand like what palantir is um i didn't know until this week where the word came from i did that it's this yes, lord it of the rings of reference to the evil yeah. eye of Sauron's glow, so that's, that's <laughs> troubling. That you're going to take Sauron's yeah. tool and use it for what? Um, you know, these tech tools are supposed to be neutral, but you signaled from the beginning mm-hmm. that you're on the side of evil. Not too exciting. I think it is going to be increasingly important for leaders in these businesses to question the use yeah. of their tools. We're not in the Pollyanna and naive world of, oh, I'm just I'm just trying to make mm-hmm. the world a better place. Right. I'm just going to, like, technology will fix it. It'll make education better because we right. gave a kid a laptop. Like, that's not how this works. So I, it's not entirely surprising that there's a politicization mm-hmm. of the S1 because tech has been politicized because it's being abused. And in policing, which is where Palantir works, in law enforcement, the idea of this body, which is already so unaccountable, and we see so dramatically this week with Jacob Blake and what's happening in Kenosha – That they have the tools to type in a protester's name into their magic box and suck in all this data that they've been collecting, that deserves being questioned. We need FOIA requests and things like that. So if you're a a tech CEO and you recognize you sit on top of this immense power, you've got to wrestle with it. There's no easy answers. It's not like, I do it, I don't do it. But you've got to wrestle and listen to the customers and listen to the people and listen to our constitution uh, and listen to your employees as we figure out how we regulate and have some reasonable use of some of this but stuff. But why
2: go out on a limb on one side? Like, I was sitting in the middle, like, look, Jeff Bezos is, again, deep into recognition, very controversial, you know, it's a part of AWS.
3: Because I think I think our current environment ha- has forced us to. It would not have been as mm-hmm. controversial for a tech company to work with Immigration and Customs Enforcement if that agency had not kidnapped hundreds of children and intentionally lost the records around them and created these criminal prison camps on the border in violation of human rights like so working for the government quote unquote is one thing co-signing on massive public human mm-hmm. rights violations against children right. in plain sight that's a that's not a neutral act anymore that is an act of inhumanity and you got to speak against that we all have an oath to stand up for human rights, regardless of who's in the government and the fact that it's yeah, our and you, own of course, government. saw the
2: heat ray thing, this this idea, did you this is this another tech thing? Um, they, they were doing some extreme immigration policies in the first four years to as a pitch, which is putting. Um, Heat rays designed by the Miller make. Let me read this from the New York Times designed by the to make people's Please do this afternoon a separate oh. meeting with top leaders uh suggested deploying a microwave weapon, a heat ray designed by the military to make people's skin feel as if it was burning when they got within range oh, of its yeah, invisible that. beams. It's like a dog fence or you know, I can't even begin it's, to understand yeah. what it's called, the active denial system. And and, 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 and let me just say, it was, had been largely developed by the military as a crowd dispersal tool. Two decades ago, the active denial system has been largely abandoned amid doubts over its effectiveness and morality. I mean...
3: Yeah. I, I did a show a long time ago for Science Channel called The Future Of, and I got hit with uh, one of these non-lethal mm-hmm. weapons, as mm-hmm. they are called. It was a noise machine, and my right. head hurt for right. half the day after that. And like I, I doubled. There's footage somewhere of me mm-hmm. looking like I got punched because yeah. I just doubled over from this pain. The the other challenge with this stuff, Kara, is who do these get tools get used against? When we say law and order, when we say law enforcement, it's being used right. against the least of us, the least wealthy, the least politically powerful. If we were going to take the, the magic of Palantir and its ability to suck records in from all these different data sources, I would be more okay with it mm-hmm. if we mm-hmm. used it for dirty cops, right? Why don't we use those records? Why don't we use it to find the pedophile priests? You know, like, there's another way to do this, but it turns out we're just handing the tools over to those who abuse power in the first place, and that's imbalance. A
2: lot of these tools have been. There have been some amazing things that Google and others have done around uh, children and uh, pedophiles and things like that. Like, a lot of these things, they can be, you know, I use the expression tools and weapons, and what's happened here is that a company like Palantir has weaponized uh, things, and the, and the Trump administration is willing to to look into things like heat rays and and things like that that have been discarded, you know, you know, has been discarded as as immoral, uh, and and are right up there saying, "Why not?" I,
3: yeah, I, I just I think it's a good test of someone's intent, who they want to give this power to, and who they want it yeah. to be used against. And if you're telling me that you're going to use a palantir, like you know, Lord of the Rings Sauron orb, to find tax dodging, to find corruption in the halls of great power to find the cops who've been fired from three different departments but managed to get hired again so they can kill again.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Then we can have a conversation, but if you're just going to use it on people who already have so little or protesters, which that heat ray thing mm-hmm. is probably going to be used on, then we got ourselves yeah. a problem.
2: Well, you know, the problem is they all work both ways and that's the question of who's deploying it. Like, you, you know, I always use the example of a knife. Like, look, a knife is cuts cuts all kinds of good food and things like that and also but Pal-
3: palantir so, is is not a knife it is like an automated no. high-speed switchblade in the hands of a demon you know like that's not a mm-hmm. fair fight Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> please buy our stock please buy. we're going public at a valuation of 20 billion dollars um,
3: yeah just in terms all of right. the imbalance not that people not that everyone uses it i get it. Uh, I you know, they're they, they are the ones it. who grounded it no, in Sauron. Like, I didn't do that. That was Peter Thiel.
2: They were built. They were 100%. <laughs> you builders, leaned right. into So anyway, <laughs> uh, that company deserves a lot of scrutiny. I hope uh, investigative reporters who have written a lot about it will continue to do so. Okay, Baratunde, let's take a listener question. Uh, let's go to the tape.
4: You've got, you've got. I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you've got mail.
3: Hey, Kara and Barratunde. Baratunde. I loved your episode earlier in the week. My question relates to the media world. Next, our media group and WGN America are launching a primetime cable newscast next week. It starts on Tuesday. They're promising unbiased news in that time slot, which you don't find on the other cable channels. It's all opinion shows. The company's invested a lot of money. I'm very curious what your prediction is. Is there a lane for them, especially with CNN moving into opinion in recent years and such a divided time in American politics?
2: This is this is an excellent question, Baratundi. Uh Let me give you my quick thought is mm-hmm. I, I was I think the problem and I agree CNN has lost its narrative the same way. You know, I think MSNBC does a little better. But one of the things I keep thinking about, why not just have reporters there instead of all these pundits? That's what they've really moved into. Like it would be if there was a show where you actually had people who've done reporting, talking about it. That would be so helpful to people, like it, you know, rather than these quick reductive takes. And it's one of the reasons I I seldom go on cable. I sell I I seldom do because it does it plays into a desire to say something quick and and dirty. Essentially, um, how do you look? I think there is room for this, but maybe I'm wrong at, at this point.
3: Maybe we're all wrong. It's always mm-hmm. possible. I, I just want to give this caller kudos for perfectly pronouncing Baratunde well done. I'm a big fan of you. Thank you so much for that. Um, I agree that what we could use more of is actual journalism and less opinions about the journalism that the host has read Mm -hmm. Um, if we're going to try to create a new lane. I sadly don't think that this is going to be very successful. It's a mild prediction, but I think we are so pushed into corners and there's so much money um, encouraging us to have this quick reaction that this probably won't cater to a huge uh, and growing market. What I would love to see, and this is coming out of Chicago, which is interesting, is more local news. Mm -hmm. And what we need, I think, as a democracy is to fund local news. So if someone were going to be throwing money into the news business right now, I'd say support local newsrooms, local news gathering, and create a network of those that can feed up into something like this and maybe into a CNN and a Fox mm-hmm. News and an MSNBC, but we're missing that ground layer. And so that gives all the punditry even yeah, less do. to I, hold really on to. Yeah, it's really
2: interesting because the idea of unbiased news and the, the executive behind it said, we're so sick and tired of polarization of news, news should not be polarizing. But, you know, you every bit of news, like here's the city, there are peaceful protests and there is some looting, and now it's either mobs or there's no... You know, it's not that bad when, like, it's just, it goes like, it, it. you can't even just say this is what happened here in this small area. This happened, um, you know, look, with the Sharpie and everything else, you can't, it, the idea of getting unbiased, if it was ever unbiased, by the way, let me just be clear. It was the ideas of, you know, a bunch of East side of New York for a long, long time. Let's, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not sure why they had it right necessarily. Um, I don't know if there's a th- – that there could, but I always think that if they just put on CNN just the reporters, it would be – it's always better when you have just the reporters on it. It always is when I'm watching any of this stuff.
3: I tend to agree with that, and I think there's a formula that's proven financially successful and small d democratically destructive, mm-hmm. which is just the, the quick reaction force of opinion mm-hmm. that that the news has become on cable. I met someone who took a job with a major cable news operation uh, within the past two years mm-hmm. and I was, came from a local news background. I said, what are you gonna do on camera? What's your show about? It's like, I'm just gonna, it depends on what the president tweets. That mm. was that was this person's mm. legitimate response I'm just gonna react to the president's tweets. It's cheap mm-hmm. to do that financially. It is yes, indeed. And it cheapens all of us to build a whole information ecosystem around that lack of depth. So I wish them well if the, what they're trying to do is provide a bit more depth. Uh, I think just saying unbiased, that's also loaded terms. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll just have to see what the product is they put well, out there.
2: Well, now you're a comedian. And obviously some of the smarter stuff of this sort of punditry does come from comedians, which mm-hmm. who actually ground a lot of their comedy in fact, right? Yeah, and so Hassan that,
3: Minaj, John yeah, Oliver, yeah. Yeah,
2: What? how do you look at that? Because that's where some, my my kids, for example, uh, they watch all those those uh, comedians you know what i mean and it's really interesting and i find them rather better informed than most people certainly than my mother
3: i think the the key difference with if we just take two shows as an example <laughs> there are so many people who've done this john <laughs> my good friend john john oliver hassan minaj they respect the audience mm-hmm. they they assume that you're capable of handling big ideas of listening for more than 30 seconds at a time of processing complexity And what I have found in my own journey in this business is there are a lot of executives who do not have that same faith in their audiences as some of these comedians do. Uh, And so they're able to pack more investigative journalism into a comedic monologue Mm because they try, Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. opposed to pre-writing off a listener or a viewer or a reader saying, they'll never never click on that. Mm -hmm. I know my readers. And maybe you don't. Maybe you're underestimating them. Um, And also being funny helps a lot. But I think before the funny is a a faith in people to be able to handle it. It,
2: So when you're doing, let me ask you about your own thing, how to citizen, you're not going to try to be like, satisfy the liberals or satisfy, you know, or anger uh, the conservatives. How do you approach it?
3: I'm not going out of my way to anger uh, anyone or satisfy anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm approaching this from um, the perspective of my own fatigue with news rage, Mm -hmm. uh, with my own absence of an outlet to do something. I feel like there's so many of us who want to be involved and contribute to some kind of helping, but we're, we're not being given much more than voting. And I think the act of citizening and being in a democracy comes down to so much more than Mm -hmm. that. So it's almost like a, like a course, like a practice where I'm trying to remember what else can I do <laughs> to be a better citizen? And we're we're doing it topically. So we, our first episode's all about love, mm-hmm. actually. Not expected. Right. And then power in the second episode. Valerie Cower, Eric Liu set us off. And then we're getting into COVID. Mm-hmm. And we, we talk about criminal justice and policing. But it's all about finding people who are doing something rather than academics who've just written something great or people who have opinions yeah, about Yeah, I things. think it's dangerous. Um, yeah.
2: Everywhere and not just you know I think cable news as much as I rail against social media because let's you know, sort of the inmates run the asylum essentially yeah. I do think cable Fox is the top but all of them are responsible for sort of the cheapening and 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 uh, downgrading of our mentality it just is it's just so I can't watch it anymore in a lot of ways there's only a few people I like oddly enough I watch um, as, as as tarnished as he had become but Brian Williams is actually an old style. Journalist kind of stuff. And so yeah, yeah. I tend to like watch him because it's like at least you're getting perspectives. I don't feel like it's a co- I, I'm not waiting for the hit uh, depending. anyway, it's a really interesting time to launch a linear television service. We'll see how that goes and
3: if the if the other consequence, and it's not just cable news, but if we think quickly about local news and the perception of crime in this mm-hmm. country, independent of the data, Americans are terrified of crime, mm-hmm. even though we've hit recently thirty year lows. That's not just because Americans are a fearful people. Well, they are. It's because we've been sold a fearful narrative repeatedly, which has been profitable for certain media sure. outlets to sell repeatedly that the criminals are coming right yeah. for you. Yeah. And they're not. And they haven't been. And so that's a function of a broken news ecosystem, which breaks our democracy. So we gotta we gotta get better at it. I'm gonna try to contribute Good. with our show a I'm little glad. bit. Um, and, and I'll mess up, but it's, it's the, it's the effort. That's the thing.
2: It, it It's so true. And it, it actually did start off with local news. I had a friend who wrote those teasers mm-hmm. for local news for his job. And he's, I was like, well, how do you do those? And he goes, all you have to do is like, think of something scary, like killer bees. Could you be next? And yep. could you be next? It, is they always do, you know, like guns in c- toddlers and, you know, weapons. Could you be next? You're like, is my baby like, going to shoot always, Yeah. Yeah. yeah could you be next is was like and that's how they did it and then did that sort of voice like could i be next is a killer bee going to kill me no a killer is not going to kill you but it was that that was my could i was going to write a book called could you be next anyway uh, a good title. you could still right. do it no i'm not going to all right baratunde one more quick break we'll be back with predictions you have to have a prediction voice. okay
4: okay Support for this show comes from Fiverr, the world's largest marketplace for freelance services. In the fast-paced world of business, every decision counts. And when it comes to hiring, there's no room for guesswork. That's why Fiverr has developed solutions for businesses to make outsourcing projects simple, quick, and compliant you can gain access to curated talent through fiverr pro's catalog of top freelancers organized by skill and experience streamline your projects with a user-friendly dashboard where you can track progress and collaborate with your team and for anyone needing the highest level of white glove service fiverr pro's project partners can manage multiple freelancer engagements for you
2: Okay, Baratunde, you are in the hot seat. This is usually Scott's segment, uh, but I have faith in you. What do you predict we will see in tech, business, media, politics over the next few months or years or whatever you want?
3: I think we're going to see at least three things. First, we are going to see more people who have served in this administration doing a patriotic thing and serving the Republic instead, uh, telling their stories. And, and standing for the flag, <laughs> truly, not just saying it, uh, and, sh- and testifying against this administration, against this president and its unconstitutional ways. And that will bring a little flutter to my heart that there is still some patriotism left in the deep sense, not just in the rhetorical sense. Um, I think we're going to see the internet and the rhetoric around this election get very, very ugly. And I hate to predict that, but I know it's true. It's going to get bad. Um, and so I encourage all of us to brace ourselves to find whatever deep breathing we need to like power through this and to remember where the margin of this election is going to be decided and not distract ourselves energetically fighting bots online, even though I know, Karen, mm-hmm, that's one yes, of your favorite so I have things to, stop. to do. Yeah. And, and I predict that we are going to grieve a lot more in the coming months due to continued assaults against our citizenry by those sworn to protect and serve us, due to those who would take weapons to a protest and use them to gun people down as Kyle Rittenhouse in Kenosha this week. And so I also encourage us to create some emotional space to grieve all that our country's going Mm -hmm. through. We've lost nearly 200,000 to COVID. We're losing people constantly in our streets by those who are supposed to protect us. We have lost money and, and and self-esteem and relationships. But this moment is painful. And I think what's been missing so much from our political environment is people speaking mm-hmm. to that pain, certainly from yeah. those in power right now. So I want to do that for a second and predict more pain is coming. Let's make space to grieve and love and try to heal through all of this trauma that, that is, being forced into. is a very
2: important thing. It's a, it, it is a critical, people don't try to not do that and paper it over with all kinds of ways, whether it's, you know, drugs or drinking yeah. or just denial. It's really interesting. You know, I'm glad you said that. Cause I, you know, one of the things I didn't bring up today was the, the, the comments that Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram made about this kid who shot people in uh, Kenosha, um, celebrating him, but, you know, it was really kind of astonishing. But you know, I thought I was going to say something and then I'm like, you know what, they're just trash. I'm not going to do it and uh, you mm-hmm. know let's just take out the trash that's that's
3: let's, how i felt let's like. clean up america
2: let's clean that's up something
3: america. we can get behind that's a good slogan <laughs> that right. could be uh
2: take it out the trash thirst
3: in it. 2020 let's clean up america <laughs>
2: take it out the trash we got a broom that was you know years ago that was in dc sharon pratt kelly who was a very unsuccessful i remember politician. her yeah i lived remember there at the remember the broom time. she wandered around with a broom all the time and it sounded great but then it, w- there was not a lot of good execution yeah. but it was a good idea to, to broom people out so let's broom room them out. Yes. All right. I really appreciate you doing the show this week. You've been an excellent co-pilot. Um, and I hope you'll come back. I, I hope you'll come I'm back. Lots and
3: lots. Eager to return. Um, Good. Thank you for having me. The whole team's of been course. great. The, the audience uh, has been great. Uh, mm-hmm. Your caller who said my name right has been mm-hmm. great. And I think, you know, if I could do a, a quick plug for this show, what I've mm-hmm. liked sure, about it do. as I've listened to Pivot for years is that you recognize long ago that tech isn't just about tech, that business isn't just about business. This is all about our culture, who we are as people, and it's about why that stuff matters. So to your producers, to your researchers, to you and Scott, (laughs) well done, um, because it's it's one of my must-listens. So it's been an honor to be a part of it. Thank you so much. And
2: well, you're you you class up the joint rather significantly, <laughs> anyway. Thank you so much, and please listen. When does your podcast debut? As
3: we record, Kara, it is dropped into the feed. So if you're oh, listening now, right. you can subscribe, download, give me a good rating because some guy gave me a one star before even hearing it oh, and acknowledged you know, it happened. like a trolly troll. It's called How to Citizen with Baratunde. Uh, you can yeah. find it online with howtocitizen.com. And we're encouraging actions. That's the other great thing about this show that I'm excited about. So all that stuff's um, available in the cloud, as I like to say. Cool.
2: Fantastic. <laughs> it's from iHeartRadio. It's called How to Citizen. Uh, and it will be, it's dropping now. So go on there and give him, battle the one-star guy. Yes, How to iPad. Citizen with Baratunde. <laughs> Five stars.
3: Woohoo! Out of those
2: one-stars. They don't like women who speak up. Anyway, uh, I don't look i don't look at them. It's funny that you look at them.
3: I don't look at them at all. Well, I, it was, literally, it's the only review. So everyone being <laughs> introduced, go, introduced to I'm the show go attack sees, the one star. <laughs> one that, I'll star get off of
2: Twitter <laughs> and I'll go attack one star, okay? I yeah. promise. Yeah. Okay. Him, All right. <laughs> okay. Well,
3: thank you. Thank you. You've been a great co host. Thanks for watching. Thank you so me. much. I
2: appreciate it. Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sananes. Fernando Finete engineered this episode. Eric Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks again to Baratunde Thurston for co hosting with me this week. And please listen to his new podcast, which is dropped How to Citizen with Baratunde. Make sure you subscribe to that show and this one on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're an Android user, check them out on Spotify or frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back next week with the epic return of Professor Scott Galloway, co-hosting our breakdown of all things tech and business.